This is Game Set Match Kentucky episode 32, recorded on Saturday, August 19th, 2023, entitled Big Bulky Boot. Hey everybody, it's time for another episode of Game Set Match Kentucky where we talk about all things related to the Central Kentucky Tennis Series and probably a whole lot more foolishness that you never asked for. We're recording on Saturday, August 19th. I'm Chris Godby. I'm the chairman and one of the founders of the CKTS where the lines are good, sandbagging is for golf, and no, we don't play pickleball. <laughs> Uh, I'm here at my work office in Russell Springs. I got kicked out of the house again, Chad. This is the second show in a row. I, um, Laura, my wife, is uh, having a Zoom meeting for work all day long, so she's using the good computer, and so I'm using the good computer at work instead, and you are at your home studio in Scottsville. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, okay. Except Recovering the, a little bit? Except for the, the foot story. I'll tell that story in brief a little bit later. But other than that, I'm doing okay. I feel really good. I got like seven hours of sleep last night, which is great for me. So I am so refreshed and excited to be here after two months, almost exactly two months since our last episode. But uh, I and you have had some things going on that have kind of gotten away of doing this. So I'm excited to be back doing it. So what our last episode was in June? I it guess? was in June, uh, June 20th. I think it was. Wow. We've, we've, um, we've advanced quite a bit in the CKTS calendar. We I, have. I I've, I've played in two events since then. Yeah. And we are down the home stretch. And, and so speaking of you playing in, in two events, it was great to see you uh, when you came to Somerset for mm -hmm. the uh, Alton Blakely Lake Cumberland open, you got to come by my house, uh, you know, uh, you and I don't see each other a whole lot. We, we mostly see each other here on the on the video stream. So it's good to have you over uh, and get something to eat for a while and visit. And so uh, looking forward to seeing you again another time. Yeah, I had a, a great time. Uh, I had never played in Somerset before, so I wanted to get over there and uh, play in that event and had a good time. And it, it worked out well with both of our schedules. I was able to stop in, uh, see your new project and and visit for a little bit and had a good time and came back to Bowling Green with some hardware on Sunday. So speaking of that weekend. project, it's, it's this close now, it's this close now. And I'll uh, maybe talk about that more later or okay. maybe never. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on uh, today's episode of Game Set Match Kentucky, point standings. Hey. At, at long last, point standings for the first five tournaments. Uh, these will be on the website as of today, but you'll, uh, you may hear about them here first. Uh, also, we've got a huge award to discuss uh, that some friends of ours uh, have picked up. And there is a major announcement in CKTS News about an upcoming tournament change. But let's begin, Chad, if you'll tell us about Vision Cabinet Source. So this podcast is brought to you by Vision Cabinet Source. Uh, Vision Cabinet Source is a kitchen and bath cabinet supplier that ships all over the United States and has for over a decade. Whether you're building a new home or renovating a room in your home, Vision Cabinet Source can provide you with classic cabinet styles that are well-built and affordable. You also find that they go above and beyond to provide service that exceeds expectations from answering your initial questions to ensuring that you're happy with the final delivered product. Every Vision cabinet is built upon their promise to deliver well-constructed cabinets made from solid hardwoods, classic, versatile designs that complement your style, affordable options to fit your budget, on-time delivery with shipping within 24 hours, and accessible personal service you can count on. They have many different painted and stained lines of cabinets that are stocked at their warehouse in Campbellsville. In making these beautiful cabinets, they have a 17-step finishing process that assures top quality craftsmanship. Go online and look at their styles and designs for yourself. You'll agree that they do great work at an affordable price. Check them out on their website at visioncabinet.com or you can call them at 270-465-3222. Tell them you heard about Vision Cabinet Source right here on Game Set Match Kentucky. 
I'll add this. I'm not just saying this because they are a sponsor. I mean, go to their website. They do have very nice cabinets. I'm not kidding. So I know somebody out there listening or watching is is remodeling or, or building a house. Check them out because, honestly, it's affordable stuff, beautiful, and you can get it pretty quickly from my understanding. So visioncabinet.com. Also a sponsor is Family Medical Centers. They're a community health center with more than Chad let me stop right here for a second. You know, in, in our notes for, for this ad read, uh, the previous season, they had 155 locations. Okay, they've Now grown. they have more than 200 locations. It's and more you, people that have been hearing about it on the podcast. See, that's exactly what I was going to say. You, you, you've got to think that maybe it has something to do with our promotion of them. I don't know. <laughs> but they, they do have more than 200 locations throughout South Central and a portion of North Central Kentucky in 31 counties now. They've been providing health care to Kentuckians for over 16 years. They provide complete primary care services and also offer pediatrics, OBGYN, oral health services, school-based health centers, behavioral health services, substance use disorder treatment, a pediatric wellness program, a workplace wellness program, a discount pharmacy program, outreach services, local scholarship opportunities, and more. Family Medical Centers has been recognized as a national quality leader by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Check them out on their website at cfmcky.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash family medical centers. And their Instagram uh, and Twitter handles are Cumberland FMC. Also, a big thank you to Cumberland Family Medical for recently renewing their sponsorship of this podcast. They've been with us for a while. Yeah, that's so awesome. Our top we're, story today. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. And we're glad to see they're growing and, and serving more communities throughout the Commonwealth. Fabulous. They're in Warren County Schools now, I understand. Yeah. Um, Healthy Kids I, Clinics. I know um, they had, I was, um, I was at the school for uh, some coaches meetings that we had to do some training and they were actually doing physicals. Um, this is before school started and they were doing physicals right there um, in the main entrance to the school. And uh, so that's, I'm glad to see they've, they've made it into Warren County as well. They're growing for sure. Well, let's talk about a facility award uh, for Warren County. The Warren County tennis and sports facility was recently selected to receive the USTA's 2023 Outstanding Facility Award. Uh, the award recognizes both the quality of the facilities themselves as well as the quality of programming offered. Representatives from the facility will receive the award at a ceremony in conjunction with the U.S. Open in New York City. I've heard of that tournament mm -hmm. yeah. on uh, August 28th. Chad, you've worked at the facility since uh, it opened a few years ago. You, I understand, are going to go to the Big Apple yeah. uh, to be one of the recipients of this award. Uh, what can you tell us about how this happened and what it means to you and Warren County Parks and Rec? Well, um, I, I knew about the Outstanding Facility Award, um, partly because of some of the other facilities in the state who have been recognized in the past, uh, specifically the, uh, the indoor facility in Owensboro as a past winner, and also Top Seed um, in Nicholasville was a past uh, warm winner. So, um, you know, I started working at the facility when we opened in, in uh, November two years ago. And so I started to put together, um, uh, I started thinking about nominating the facility because I, I felt like we had a, a pretty good, uh, chance of possibly being recognized. And um, so I put together um, all the material. We didn't win last year, um, but I, I did do a little bit of research and, and found out that a lot of facilities won in their second year of operation. I don't know if that's done intentionally, um, just to make sure they make it uh, past a year. Um, They're still clean. Yeah. That's so we, so we, we applied again um, and you can apply several times, uh, you know, if you don't win um, once you win, you, you, there's a window where you can't apply after that. Um, so we put together what we felt was a, a, a compelling um, case for the facility to be recognized. Um, I, I hope people have, have made their way out there. Um, we've hosted a number of 
of USTA events. We hosted the 55 uh, state championship earlier this year. We've hosted the mixed state the last couple of years. Uh, clearly, we've had some CKTS tournaments uh, that have used uh, the indoor and outdoor courts. So I feel like a lot of people, we've hosted the USDA's uh, meetings. So I feel like a lot of people across the Commonwealth have been able to to check it out. But um, if they haven't, we'd love to have them. And, and we just, we, we were very proud of our facility. And so um, we put that um, submission together and uh, we we're fortunate to, to receive that award. So, you know, it's a, it's a big honor to be recognized. It really um, is nice to, um, it's a nice way for the tennis community, even at the national level, to show appreciation for what our fiscal court and our magistrates and our, our previous and current judge and some other community leaders, all the hard work they put in to get that facility built. Um, and uh, it's, it's nice to be recognized for what we think is, is really a, a, a first-rate facility. It absolutely is a first-rate facility, and I look forward to every time I, I get a chance to go there, I, I look forward to it. It's, it's a, a beautiful place, and um, congratulations to, to all of you who uh, run it and maintain it and, and keep it that way. So Yeah, so it'll be really exciting. Um, I've never been to the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, we're going to be there, um, next weekend. Um, the ceremony is going to be on Monday. So we get a grounds pass on Monday and then there'll be a ceremony on Monday, not on the court. It'll be, uh, kind of in a conference room. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to stay up there for another day on Tuesday. And I have a friend who got me some access uh, to Tuesday. So it should be, a, should be a really great trip. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I got to go in 1998 and in 2001, the U S open, it was really exciting. Arthur Ashe stadium was very new at that point. Uh, I didn't see a lot of matches in Arthur Ashe stadium because my seats were in the nosebleeds. So it was better to go to the, to the other, the smaller, uh, courts and, and you could get closer, you know, the grandstand court was, was a fun place to watch matches. I remember watching, uh, Serena and Venus, um, they were up like six, one five Oh on these girls and doubles. And uh, my friend Cliff and I left early because we thought it's over and they can't, the girls came back and and beat them in that match oh so, really wow yeah, yeah yeah that happens to all of us so uh, congratulations again you mentioned some other facilities like top seed they've won this national level award also them and some other yeah um so the usga um kind of separates facilities into different categories you have smaller public facilities that's i believe six courts and less and then you have larger public facilities um, which are six or more courts. And um, so um, we we obviously, with the indoor and outdoor, are in the larger category. Top seed is in the larger category. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think Owensboro was probably in the large category as well because they have six. Um, so then, and then they have uh, private facilities that they recognize, um, large and small, and then they have um, school-based facilities that they recognize as well. So we've, we've had a lot of uh, facilities um, recognized over the years there's actually two kentucky facilities being uh, recognized right that's what i was looking up right now because i Um, thought i had seen something about that facility in in henderson uh, the outdoor courts there which i've never been able to play i'd love to go there because they're right on the river um but uh that facility was also recognized as um as one of the outstanding facilities. So they won at like a different size level. I think so okay i think they're they're probably a they're probably a small public and we're a large public Okay, that's called the Doc. Uh, I'm probably Hosbach. Doc Hosbach. I'm yeah. probably mispronouncing that. I apologize. Doc Hosbach uh, Tennis Complex in Henderson. So congratulations to them also. Quite an honor for for both of your uh, institutions. I, I think all told, there's um, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty to twenty five that are are going to be recognized this year. And, and each year, it depends on how many. Um, are nominated, how many they give out. So I, I think we had a pretty large group of nominations this year. And um, so there's quite a few that are going to be recognized uh, next week. So if they do all size, different size levels like this and have that many different facility awards, like what if I built like a, a clay court in my backyard or something, do you think I could try to win that one year? <laughs> Maybe. It's something to I, think about. You know, the, the thing though that I, I did realize when I got in the nomination process, um, you know, a year and a half ago, 
um, was it, as you said, it's not just about the facility itself, but it's also about the programming the that you offer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that Soki Tennis has really, uh, in partnership with Warren County Parks and Recreation, we've tried to develop programs for all ages and all skill levels and, and try to make sure that at the facility, you know, we have um, the classes and the clinics that uh, that meet all those different groups. Very cool. Very cool. Well, enjoy your trip. I know you're leaving uh, in about a week. Mm-hmm. And how long will you be in New York? So I'm flying in Sunday to do some touristy stuff, and then I'll fly back Tuesday night. Very good. Very good. Well, have a safe trip, and, and uh, for the fourth time, probably, congratulations. Thank you. Speaking of congratulations, let's look at uh, who needs to be congratulated for their success so far on the CKTS this summer by checking out our point standings. You know, some some things in life you can be certain of are, unfortunately, death, taxes, and you can be certain that the point standings are going to take forever to finally come out. But they're out, and they're on the website today at cktstour.com. And we're about to take a look at them. If you're uh, uh, watching the video version of this episode, you're going to see them on your screen. Uh, Or if you're doing the audio version, just listen along as we name uh, the people at the top of the divisions. And there are some names missing from here, Chad. This is a reminder that only CKTS members appear in the point standings. So if you've seen the, the list and you're missing, that's probably the reason. But if there's a mistake, you can contact me at info at cktstour.com if you think something is wrong with the point standings. But if you're, you're not a member and you want to be in there, it's still it's not too late. Uh, go to cktstour.com, register for a $15 membership. Boom, you're back in the point standings and you get discounts on the next uh, few tournaments that we still have left on the calendar. So let's check them out. Chad, you want to go first with yeah, men's so open singles? Men's open singles. Um, right now, Braden Johnson is leading uh, the race. He has 5.5 uh, tournaments. He just won the tournament in Somerset. And Skyler Lee is a point and a half behind with four points. Okay. In men's B singles, Claude Benford is in the lead by four points uh, over June Tomioka, who is in second place with six. In men's C singles, Kyle Owsley has a one-point lead over Jamison Roberts. Uh, Both have uh, had success. They both won a couple tournaments. Uh, Kyle's won three and Jamison's won one, so that race is really close with uh, three tournaments left. Yeah, it looks like that one's going to come down to the wire. Uh, They may face each other this weekend. I'm not sure. Men's 40 and over singles right now. Jackson Grover is in the lead over Brandon Harris by four points. You know, that's an interesting one because they played each other the last two events. I think Jackson got They've better split them titles, yes. in Campbellsville, and then uh, Brandon beat him in a third-set tiebreaker uh, in Somerset. So that one's been uh, really close. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in boys, 18 singles. Again, Braden Johnson has a commanding lead. He has um, 16 points. That's an eight-point lead over Jackson Donovan. He's going to be hard to catch. Um but anything's possible. In boys 16 and under singles, Sam Nelson has the lead right now with 13 points over Nolan Parsons with six. In boys 14 singles, Miles Mudd leads the way with six points over Ethan Coe, who is three points behind. Okay, in boys 12 and under singles, Isaiah Litton has a commanding lead right now. He has 15 points over uh, Ben Grubasek. Uh, I, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Ben Grubasek. With four points. Uh, back to men's open doubles and Mason Baldwin. Oh, wait, let me take this one. Let me take this one. Okay. We got a three-way tie at the top. Uh, and this is listed alphabetically. That's why Chad Young is is in the third slot. Okay. But you are tied for the lead with Brandon Harris, who was your partner in Somerset, uh, and Mason Baldwin. Now, let me give you a little bit piece of advice here. Uh, you, you can't win this division unless you play it twice. So, well, you I, and Brandon or another partner need to get in one of these other tournaments. Well, Brandon's playing this weekend. Uh-oh. Um, okay. He's playing with another partner um, mm. because I told him I couldn't play. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of an elbow issue, but I also have uh, to work tonight. 
Um, so it was just going to be too difficult. Um, so I'll have to see how he and uh, Nate Harlan do this weekend um, and then uh, maybe try to play in, in the Glasgow event or the other E-Town event. Well, uh, well, well, that, those events may not be exactly as listed. Well, we'll but we'll I, so I, just, I just called it the Glasgow time. event. We won't, okay. we'll, You're going to have some time uh, to, to maybe, to maybe heal, heal up a little yes. bit. All right. Yes. Okay. Let's. Uh, uh, you take men's B doubles. Okay. So please. men's B doubles. Uh, Jun Tomioka has a lead over Van Patterson. Uh, a couple guys from the E Town area. Uh, Jun with 13 points, and Van is uh, at nine and a half points. So he is about three and a half points back. Let's say this about Jun. Okay. I don't see him listed playing Campbellsville. Uh, let me go back to men's B singles. And, and there's a reason why I'm doing this. Let me go back to men's B singles for a second. He did not appear to play that one in Campbellsville either. I'm wondering if he had to skip that tournament altogether. And the reason I mentioned that is I think he has played. It's like two or three years in a three row. Three straight right? years, yep. every single tournament. And I hope, uh, I hope he didn't have to miss, miss that one and break his streak. That would, that would stink. But anyway, uh, so that's men's B doubles. Men's C doubles right now. Evan Brown and Isaiah Litton are tied for the lead there with eight points each. Men's 40 doubles. Jackson Grover leads the way with eight points. He's won the last two with two different partners. And those two partners are in second place, both with four points points apiece. That's Chris Atkinson from Somerset and Wade Stone. Uh, well, I'm going to say, actually, Philip Nunn is in second place right now because he qualifies by playing twice. So these other oh, guys that are a few slots I, ahead of I him, gotcha. their name's okay. in blue, meaning they haven't yet qualified by playing two times in this division. So, um, you know, it's not going to take much for somebody to jump right into second place if they get the opportunity between now and the end of the season. Was it my turn or yours? I believe it's yours. Okay. Boys, 18 and under doubles. Sam Nelson and Nolan Parsons are tied for first place with six and a half points each. They have not been doubles partners either, so that's kind of a coincidence that they are tied for the lead. But with three tournaments to go, anything can happen. Uh, let me – let me That's do, a close race, too. I mean, there's like three guys that are just a half yeah, point with, back. Yeah, with uh, just a half point back, there's three more guys, and 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 they have played enough to qualify. So it'll be interesting to see how boys' 18 doubles comes out. Right now in women's open singles, no one, ladies, has qualified for the title because no one has played it twice. Now, I can't speak about uh, th this weekend's Gator Open. Uh, I'm, I don't have that draw in front of me. Maybe one of these ladies is playing that, but you got to play an event twice uh, to qualify to win it or get an award. And you've got to be a CKTS member to qualify to win that award. So the same story is, is here well. in, in women's B singles. Uh, we've had four women play. Um, let's just stop and discuss this. Let's theorize on this for a second, Chad. Why do you think women don't play singles in tournaments? It's not just us. It's not just our tournaments either. I think this is. I don't know, and I know um, you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't really know that I know the answer. Okay, um, but this has been something that we've seen um, for years on the tour. Um, yeah. Women's Open certainly, and even Women's B is a, is usually a smaller draw. Um, for some reason, um, it seems like. Women are just like men when they start playing, they play singles. But then once the women have played for a few years, it's they just prefer playing doubles more than yeah. singles. Yeah. Maybe it's the security of having a partner on the court with you. Uh, maybe I, failing as a team instead of failing alone. I don't know. I, I also think that um, – I think a, a, I play tennis for the the social part and the competitive mm -hmm. part, and the older I get, the harder singles is. Yes. Oh yeah. And sure. I think I think there are men who play for the the physical fitness part of it, and um and and play singles. I think more more women are are in it for like I am for the social and the competitive and doubles. Um, the older you get, um. 
is, is probably more attractive because our, our girls singles, I mean, our girls, yes. 18s, and right. our girls, 16s, they're packed, but it just yep. seems like, um, maybe more women as they get older, care more about the, the competitive and the social more than the, mm-hmm. the, the fitness part of it. So ladies, um, sometimes I, we miss someone appearing at a tournament and they say, well, I couldn't find a doubles partner. Well, if you really want to play, you can also play singles, you know, it's, it's good fitness and you know, it's, it's a chance to get out on the court and compete and meet some new people. So think about it. We're we're still going to offer uh, women's singles divisions. Um, so come out and play. Uh, girls, 18 singles. Addison Hales leads the way with seven points. She is uh, three points clear of uh, Maggie Adams and Chloe Dickens. All right. Girls, 16 and under singles. Paisley Harris is in the lead with 12 points, followed by Abby Helm and Emma Walker tied with five points each. Paisley's got a pretty good lead in the 16s. She's uh, got a commanding lead in the 14s. She has 16 points. The next closest player will be Ava Walker, who has five. She so, probably has a really good coach, or at least an adequate coach. I don't know. <laughs> or she's she's doing it despite of her coaching. Yeah. Girls 12 and under singles, Leela Owsley is in the lead right now. After playing three tournaments, she has seven points, followed by Ravenor Dollywell and Ellie Yan with four points each. In women's open doubles, Minda Schaefer uh, has a one-point lead over Claire Riney, and it looks like both of them have qualified, uh, but there's a number of players uh, behind them that haven't qualified. So um, if they were to have a good result um, this weekend, um, you know they could possibly jump into second place. That's right. Uh, women's B doubles uh, has a, a, a bit larger list. Amber Wolf is in the lead right now with 14 points, followed by, uh, I think, her sometimes doubles partner, Allie Evans, with eight points. And girls, 18 doubles. Uh, we do have a tie for first right now, and these are two players who have not played together. Addison Hales has seven points, as does Parker Lally, uh, who has seven points as well. And then Claire Riney um, is two points back with five. In mixed open doubles right now, Darren Polston has the lead as the male leader with seven points. And Abby Helm has the female lead with six and a half points. And then in mixed B doubles, Amber Wolf is the leader for the female side. She has 12 points and Philip Nunn. Um, is in first place right now for the men with 10 points. He's one point ahead of Brian Coley, and Allie Evans is uh, two points back of Amber for second on the women's side. Amber's name is going to come up again in this episode. Hmm. I have a feeling. I have a feeling, too. Yes. uh, And then finally, in mixed 18 and under doubles, uh, the male leader right now is Samuel Bryan. Uh, we do not have a qualified female leader right now. We have a few that have played one time, but they need to play again to qualify to win. So um, get out there and sign up. Those of you that are hidden on this list right now need a membership. So uh, sign up at cktstour.com for your membership, and you'll appear in the points. And from going the rest of the way, uh, we'll get we'll get the updated points out a little bit faster. I say that every time, so I have to say it again this time. But it's awfully, I mean, doing one tournament is a lot easier than trying to do four or five, which is kind of where yes. you're at. See, I have this thing that I believe in called procrastination. <laughs> First, I saw it as, you know, like an ailment, but now I've decided to embrace it, and then procrastination is me, and I'm very good at it. And I want to be the best at it, you know, competitive. Brings out the best in you. Some people do their, <laughs> their best work, you know, when when the deadline is approaching. Yes, yes, that that that's true. Yeah, that that is uh, how a procrastinator operates. Uh, often you need that you need that deadline uh, just about to punch you in the face to uh, <laughs> motivate you to get something done. Well, enough about that. Enough psychology for right now. Let's look at what's coming up in tennis, okay? On the CKTS Tour, we've got the Gator Open happening right now. Beautiful day. It's going to be hot. 
but it's going to be clear and dry. Uh, that's going on in Bowling Green right now as we speak. I am not there right now, obviously, and you're not there, obviously, but I am not there um, embarrassing myself with my abundance of unforced errors on the mixed doubles court because I had surgery on my right foot. I have a partially torn Achilles. I think I did mention that on the last episode, but at that point, I didn't know that I was having surgery. I didn't know that I was going to need surgery, but uh, I saw a, a, a foot and ankle surgeon in Nashville, uh, and he looked at the MRI and he said, you could play on it if you want, if you can stand the pain or I can try to fix it for you. So I decided, I think I would like to fix it because I don't really like pain. Mm -hmm. uh, he wanted me to think about it. So I actually went home from that visit and the next day I decided I'm going to jog, jog a little bit and see how it feels. I took about four steps jogging and I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> so um, he I had a, a partially torn Achilles, a bone spur behind it that was irritating it as well. And on the side, on the outside, on the lateral side of my foot, I had a, a, a ligament there that was stretched or something from a, an ankle sprain that happened at your tournament, by the way, Chad. Mm. So that's kind of your fault. I understand. Uh, do you remember that when I was playing at night uh, with Trina and mixed doubles, we were playing the Polstons and we were the last match on the court. This was like in 2018, maybe uh, 2019, possibly is at Kiriakis. And uh, I jumped yes. up to now hit I, an overhead. Now and I as do I remember. left the ground, I got a leg cramp and I like yelled from the cramp and, and came down funny and landed and rolled that ankle. So I sort of like stretched a tendon or a ligament or something there and the the surgeon fixed that too so uh i am wearing right now uh, this big bulky boot and uh it, it's heavy and it's uh keeping my foot in place and keeping me from injuring it further while it heals so i hope to be um uh, I'm, I'm very faithful to my physical therapy and i hope to be back on the tennis court by spring so that's that's about so, as best I can hope for. Right so now. what do you what do you think that's going to be in terms of how many months since you last played tennis? Well, I last played tennis in very early April in a mixed doubles league in Somerset, and I was having some pain then. It was new pain. I didn't know what it was. Ended up going to a foot doctor and found out it was my Achilles. Um, I was advised at that time to rest and ice for four weeks and then come back and it hadn't gotten any better. So then that's when an MRI was ordered and I was ordered to rest another month. And then I was ordered to start physical therapy and still continue to stay off the court. And now we're deep into June and it, it just never really got, there were days when it, it felt okay but like if I ended up on my feet for too long walking or standing, I would pay for it later. So I knew something was wrong and I went to a, a surgeon who, you know, then has repaired it. Hopefully he's supposed to be one of the best and I'll shout him out if it works, <laughs> but I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see. So I haven't played tennis since early April. So that's the four months. Uh, so it's probably going to be nine months, nine to nine months to a year. Right? I've heard anything from six months to a year. So if, if it's nine months, that puts me back on the court in the spring, nine months from surgery. Yeah. You know, not, not, well, I mean, if it's, injury, let's but. say it's March. I mean, then you're, you're looking closer to 11. Yeah. Let's see. July, August, September, October. I have to count on my fingers. August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April would be nine months since surgery. Oh, so. but I mean, since you played. Oh, since I played. Yeah. Then, yeah. then it would be 11 months. Yes. Somebody. So it's, I mean, that's, I don't know that I, since I started playing again, oh, that's been 17 years ago. I don't know that I've taken that long of a break. It, it'll just be a, a big adjustment to get back on the court when you haven't played that long. I, well, even while running the CKTS, I think I was off for like five years one time just because. I, I have had, let's go through my medical history. <laughs> I have had three shoulder surgeries on my racket arm, my right, my right shoulder, but three shoulder surgeries and I've had one elbow surgery on my right elbow. And they were all within a few years of each other. I would get surgery and 
kind of recover some and then it would flare up again and had to be fixed again or whatever. There, there was a point where I think from like 2013 to 2018 that I barely played much at all and got really out of shape. And, you know, so 2019, I think it was, I got healthier and started eating better and lost some weight and started playing all the time. And I played every one of our tournaments for three years, I think uh, basically three years in a row. I may have had to miss something for travel, but um, I was healthy, but I've missed all of them this year, obviously. And I'm, I really miss it. I mean, you yeah. appreciate two healthy feet. Uh, even if you're not playing tennis, you appreciate two healthy feet because I'm puttering around on crutches and a scooter and I'm getting there though. I'm optimistic. Good. I've played in two and that's probably more than I've played in most years. I, I, I rarely get to play in my own. Um, and Trent always gets upset with me, but Glasgow just never seems to work. And it's the closest yeah. I played Camelsville, um, before, uh, you know, I, it'd been uh-huh. 10 years since I played E-Town. Yeah. Um, so I, I wish I, I wish I could play more, but you know, the schedule just gets so packed. Well, you mentioned Glasgow. So let's go to our major announcement. Okay. This is big. Everybody ready? Everybody sitting down. All right. This year, there will not be a Labor Day weekend tournament at Glasgow. The Glasgow Open has been traditionally held on Labor Day weekend for the last several years. They are behind schedule on court reconstruction at, at Barron County High School. So, and uh, Gorham Park is not in really good shape. Gorham Park is not in good shape either. I don't know if there are plans for that or not, honestly. But, uh, the tournament director and CKTS board member, Trenner Rickard, felt that it's probably best to give that weekend up or give this slot on the schedule up uh, to someone else this year. And um, hopefully her courts are ready for spring, maybe for her spring high school season. I don't know exactly when the plans are for that, but they are going to supposedly fix those courts there. So what we're going to do instead is Campbellsville is going to have a second tournament this year. And it's going to be directed by Amber Wolf. I said I was going to mention her again. It's going to be, uh, and because we needed to find a time when we could get Miller Park and we could get Campbellsville University Courts, because we needed both of them at the same time, it's going to be at the end of September. So it's going to be September 30th and October 1st in Campbellsville, And this tournament will be called the Campbellsville Championships. And uh, so we're going to, that's all going to be on the website this weekend. And uh, so that's going to replace this year's Glasgow Open. We will be off on Labor Day weekend. So enjoy that time. Maybe uh, you can find something else to do. I know I'll, I'll miss it. I can't play anyway, but I'll miss it. And um, so the next thing we'll do, is uh, the Freeman Lake Fall Classic. So that's September 16th and 17th. That's our next tournament. The entries for that are going to open on Labor Day Monday. That's September 4th. The deadline for that is Tuesday, September 12th at 6 o'clock. Chad, do you have anything to add about any of this? No. um, I I really hope that – I hope – the people, I, I know there've been some efforts and I, I'm, you know, Terry Bennell and I've talked about some efforts that, that have been made I mean, Glasgow is a great community. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that Campbellsville will get another tournament. Um, I, I really just for the people of Glasgow wish um, uh, their court situation was better. Um, they've held the Weldon tournament in Bowling yes. Green the last two years because right. the facilities in Glasgow right. are just in poor shape um they're in worse shape than they ever should get and i hope that um the tennis community there um will let folks know how important the game is and um how i mean glasgow's a great tennis community it's just a shame that their Mm -hmm. their facilities um have gotten um the way they are i mean because i'm I'm hopeful the barron counties will get better They've been in rough shape the last couple of years. Yes, um, they're they're worse now than they've ever been. And uh, Gorham Park's been bad for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there are efforts to. Now, you probably know more about this than me, but like 
I've always been told that a tennis court should be resurfaced every seven years. And I've seen some last a whole lot longer than that and be in great shape. But is that kind of the guideline you've heard before? Yeah. I mean, I've heard five, five to 10, depending okay. on for a hard court, for a hard court, uh -huh. you know, five to 10 depends on where they're at and how much use and, and how, how, how often they're cleaned and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. But you know, five years is probably on the front end, um, but five to 10 is pretty average, I think. And this is something that I've noticed is that when they do start to need resurfacing, they go downhill quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's not that gradual. It's like when, when the surface gets to a certain point where it has eroded, be, begun to erode, I guess is the right word. Uh, then it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, and I don't want to knock on any schools or parks in Glasgow or anywhere, but I think sometimes this is the line of thinking by parks people or city officials is maybe they don't play tennis, first of all. So they don't know what a quality court is like and what a truly playable court looks like. So they may have in mind, yeah, we've got tennis courts. We mow around them and blow the grass off of them. They're good. You know, they got nets. And if you're looking at it from the parking lot or the sidewalk or the yes, street, yes. you may not be able to see. That a tennis are... court can look fine from the parking yep. lot or driving by, but once you walk out there on it, ooh, look at these cracks, you yeah. know, or right. these low spots that are leading to cracks. And uh, so, uh, and, and I know that parks and schools don't always have money and tennis is not always a priority, but, um, that, that you've got to keep up with them or you're going to lose them completely is, yep. is what I'm trying to say, I guess. So we're, we're having, uh, we're replacing Glasgow this year. Amber Wolf is, is one of the coaches at Taylor County, uh, schools, and she is extremely excited to do this, and that's great. So uh, she's already begun making preparations, and this all just came together this week. So uh, watch for that on the website. The signups for that will be uh, Monday, September 18th, with a deadline of Tuesday, September 26th. And again, don't forget about our next tournament, the Freeman Lake Fall Classic, and entries will open on Labor Day, Monday, September 4th, with a deadline of uh, Tuesday, September 12th. For any of our tournaments, folks, you've got nine days that that entries are open. So don't wait till the last minute. Uh, you know, sometimes we get crowded on the last day or our website gets crowded on the last day of signups and, and there we experience crashes and slowdowns. So get in there early to avoid that or or just to avoid a division getting full before you got in it. You know, sign up early, sign up when when the entries open and. Put that on your calendar. You can go to cktstour.com to register for any of our events and see our complete schedule. Our tournaments are USTA sanctioned for juniors at level six. Chad, uh, that's some CKTS announcements. I wonder if you had anything to share about what's coming up for the Southern Kentucky Tennis Association. You know, um, we have a couple of exciting programs. We're getting ready to kind of resume our, our programming uh, in the fall. Um, uh, Bowling Green Parks and Recreation has some summer programs, and then we kind of pick up in September uh, when people start to move indoors a little bit. So we have um, men's drill clinics on uh, Tuesdays, women's on Mondays. We're also uh, launching two new programs this year. Um, one starts in October. The other starts in September. Um, the one in September is for adult beginners. Uh, we have a lot of um, adult beginners that, you know, take some lessons or, or do a, a beginner clinic. Um, what we're hoping to do is move them into uh, kind of a match play situation, kind of the transition from a lesson or a, uh, a clinic um, before they make the leap to maybe playing USTA league or playing in a CKTS tournament, um, that could be a big jump. And so we're going to have a beginners um, uh, doubles strategy 101 clinic um, that starts in September um, and it will be four weeks and it'll be a mixture of drills, but also uh, match play. It'll involve a classroom aspect to go over rules and go over positioning and go over strategy. So we're excited about that. And then we have a junior league that is starting this fall. That's going to start in October. It'll run on Monday nights. 
in October, November, December. And basically what we're trying to do is, um, is try to get some of our best junior players, regardless of school, to play uh, competitively against each other. And so we're going to have an a, a advanced group that's going to be a, a UTR of 4+, plus, and then we're going to have an intermediate group that is for UTR 2+. Plus. And so registration is open for that, but there's only 12 spots available um, because we want to make sure everybody gets to play a number of matches. So that will also be kind of a mixture of um, drills and match play. So, you know, the, for the ones who are playing or for the ones who aren't playing the matches, they'll be on a drill court, and then we'll try to make sure everybody gets um, one match per week. But those are two programs that we're, we're really kind of excited about. Awesome. Well, you can learn more about Soki Tennis at SokiTennis.net or visit their Facebook page at Facebook.com slash S-O-K-Y Tennis. Courtesy of USTA Kentucky, it's time now to nominate Kentucky's best. Award nominations are now open for USDA Kentucky's annual awards. Let's celebrate the best in Kentucky. The nomination window closes on September 15th. Also, the adult 65 and over state championship team registration deadline is September 10th. The championships will be held in Louisville at the Plainview Swim and Tennis Clay Courts on September 22nd through 24th. I, I love the Plainview Courts. Um, for more information on these and other events happening with USTA Kentucky, visit KentuckyTennis.com or they are at USTA Kentucky on Facebook uh, and Twitter. And you can uh, follow them and check their website for tournaments, grants, events, team events, and everything else going on in Kentucky tennis. We talked about the, the facility um, being recognized for the outstanding facility by the USTA. Um, we won the state award last year. Um, and accepted that award at those awards. Um, they have a great USDA weekend in January or early yes. February. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a ton of categories. Um, so, you know, we won the facility of the year award. Um, there's, you know, obviously a boys and a girls uh, player of the year. There's, um, there's a diversity and inclusion. There's a family of the year. There's um, a most improved boy and girl. There's a parks and recreation award. There's a tennis uh, official of the year, tennis professional of the year, volunteer of the year. So um, if you go to usdaky.com, uh, you'll see the, the entire list of all the different categories um, that you could nominate someone for, uh, in your community. I think you missed media excellence. That's right. Award. I'm sorry. You missed as, that one. as a past winner, I can understand you want to point that out. <laughs> Two time winner, right? Yeah. Two-time winner. Or three if you count Southern. Okay. Okay. All well, right. you, you won the state award twice. Yeah. Yeah. Once for the website and once for the podcast, right? That's right. It's nice yeah. that you were recognized for the podcast before I came on board. Probably won't win another award. You had co-hosted. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't had, a co-host. Right. You had yeah. guest co-hosted several times, and that's probably the reason why it happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we haven't had a uh, challenge the call so, question in a while. I've got – it's not really a challenge the call because it's not a question, but I saw something. Do you have I've, time? I, I do, if you have time. Okay, I thought uh, you had to leave. It won't take very long. Okay, But go I, ahead. I saw this when I was watching Great. Um, probably the, um, the event in maybe D.C., um, I think is when I saw this. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Tiafo. And Tiafo came to hit a ball that was short. And he came in, like we've seen, and he flicked it cross-court for the winner. But he ran into the net. And mm -hmm. the official initially gave the point to his opponent because he ran into the net. Mm -hmm. But then he realized the error of his ways. And this is something I didn't know. Mm-hmm. We don't use them for our tournaments for the most part. You'll see them at college matches probably more than anything else, and that's the use of single sticks. Mm -hmm. So if you have a court that's a doubles court that is being used for singles, you're actually supposed to put single sticks in the doubles alley, mm -hmm. and it makes the net at the single sideline the um, 42 inches that it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we play our tournaments, we're actually playing singles. We're playing with the net a little lower than it right. really is by regulation. Mm -hmm. Tiafo, when he came in, 
he hit the net, but it was outside of the single stick, which meant it was legal for him to run into the net. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So if you're playing with single, if you're playing singles and you're playing with single sticks, you can run into the net as long as it's the portion of the net that is outside the single stick between the single stick and say the net post. Okay. And so he won the point. You can also touch the net after the ball has bounced twice, That's right? Correct. Okay. That's correct. But the yeah. ball not bounced twice. So if you're almost it. falling into it, as long as it's hit the ground a second time, then I've, yes, then I've done can. that several times. Okay. <laughs> I probably have not to. not in singles, but in doubles. I've oh yeah, for sure. I've, I've yeah. waited for that ball to bounce twice before I run into the net. But well, I've never good. never seen that. I didn't realize the single sticks would change where you could run into the net. Well, that was a nice uh, temporary fill in uh, for challenge the call. It's always uh, cool to talk about interesting rules and and things like that. So if you have a question. Um, about a tennis rule. I'm sure Chad can answer it. I can't, but uh, it, or it can be like, you wonder why the CKTS does something this way instead of this way. And um, ask us right to challenge at gamesetmatchky.com. And we'll talk about it on the air. It's always interesting to discuss things like this. So please send us your questions. But other than that, uh, we don't have any uh, tennis nuts today um, to, to meet. Uh, we, we've gone on long enough anyway, but we, I've got somebody I've talked to uh, that'll be our next tennis nut. Um, and we'll, we'll interview them on an upcoming broadcast. And if you missed our first uh, installment of Tennis Nuts, please check out our previous episode from June 2023, where we uh, got to know Brian Hash, a.k.a. Brian the Intern, from USTA Kentucky and Kentucky Sports Radio. But that's going to just about serve out another episode of Game Set Match Kentucky. And we appreciate everyone who's watching and listening. If you're an audio listener, you can subscribe with any podcast platform, basically all the big ones anyway. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook so you get notified when we uh, put out new episodes. Please also like the CKTS, that's Central Kentucky Tennis Series, on Facebook at facebook.com slash CKTS tour audio listeners. You can give us a review in your favorite podcast app and please give us a five star rating. You can also visit gamesetmatchky.com to go back through the archives all the way to when it began in 2018. I, um, uh, Chad, I was looking back there the other day uh, on old posts on the website, and you were co-host on the second episode. Is that right? So, yeah. Oh, you wow. Are. You can also follow us on Twitter at GameSetMatchKY. Chad is on Twitter at ChadYoungTennis, and I'm on Twitter at Chris Godby. Thanks again to our sponsors, Vision Cabinet Source and Family Medical Centers. And at long last, there's that sound. Hawkeye's telling us that we are out. Until next time, I'm Chris Godby. And who knows when next time is going to be? Could be after Chad gets back from New York. You know, might want to hear some I, I expect it to be at least that. You better take some pictures. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll bring, I'll take some pictures and you can show them on the next podcast. Yeah. Even, you know, when you're walking around Times Square like a tourist and, all of that, and you go to what the Statue of Liberty and Ground Zero. You can take some pictures. All right, we'll do. Uh, Chris Godby with Chad Young, and this has been Game Set Match Kentucky.